Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. How are you doing this Mercury retrograde season? Have you had any major communication breakdowns or any computers explode? I hope it's all going okay. I know Mercury and retrograde can be bajiggity, but we only have a little bit more time left. Mercury goes direct February 3rd. So hold on to your butts. And while you're waiting, holding your butt cheeks, back up your computers, don't sign any crazy contracts, and I don't know, maybe don't have like intense conversations with relatives or friends or even co-workers. <laughs> Just save the intense conversations for after this trying time. This week, we are getting back into fairies again, part two of my interview with Morgan Daimler. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you probably should because you're just going to want to hear the first part of what we talk about in the land of fairy. You're going to want to get an idea of where we are in the conversation. I mentioned last week that I wanted to break this interview into two parts because I wanted to tell you about my recent, well, relatively recent experiences with the Fae. However, after talking with my mother, who was directly involved in some of these Fae experiences, in fact, the main ones I want to tell you about, she was there for both of them, we decided it would make more sense to do a full separate episode about these bizarre experiences we had. So I'll keep you updated on that when the time comes. Let me just say these experiences include psilocybin, a huge time discrepancy, possibly the underworld, and a very unusual and necessary ritual. That's all I'm going to say. Just a refresher, my guest this week, Morgan Daimler, is a witch, writer, teacher, and one of the world's foremost experts on all things fairy. She's written dozens of books on fairies, paganism, magical practices, Irish mythology, and folklore. Morgan's writing has appeared in a variety of magazines and anthologies, including Pagan Dawn, Naming the Goddess and Witches and Pagans magazine. Following a path inspired by the Irish fairy faith, Blended with neo-pagan witchcraft, Morgan teaches classes on Irish mythology and magical practices, fairies, and related subjects in the United States and internationally. So like I said last week, she is a badass. In part two, Morgan and I talk about witchcraft and fairies, some true fairy encounters, our personal fairy experiences, and more. I love chatting with Morgan, and I hope we get to chat again about 3,000 other topics in the land of Irish mythology and the land of fairy. So enjoy this episode, and I will let you know when the other weird episode is available. Okay, let's do the woo. Woo. 
You said earlier that you're a witch and that you practice the fairy faith. And then earlier, or actually a little bit later than that, you said something about how you don't necessarily want to actively chat with fairies because you don't usually want to get their attention because you never know what you're going to get. In your fairy faith and your witchcraft practice, do you work with the fairies in your own kind of way? Have you have you created any contracts, so to speak? You know, I know I have some with my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. How does that work for you? Hmm. Contracts is an excellent way to put it. And I'm glad you said it that way. So again, this is this is very complicated territory, but <laughs> When we look at the fairy faith in general, the majority of the beliefs and practices are focused on protecting against the good folk, the fairies, largely because they were sort of well known for taking things from humans, crops, livestock, sometimes humans from humans. So you generally, you know, if if you were, well, even in modern terms, you just wanted to be sure that like your stuff was safe and was not going to be interfered with. And other bulk of the fairy faith beliefs and practices tend to focus on respecting their places and not offending them and kind of just being on good terms with them. When we talk about witches though, witches and fairies, there's a very old history with that, with witches being people that would have a particular connection to these beings that the majority of other people kind of did not want around. And some of that was definitely people who, kind of like I was talking about a little bit ago, you didn't really have a choice. They were drawn to you for some reason. You could see them. Fairies generally can pass invisibly around humans, but some humans have this ability. It's called the second sight, where they can see ghosts and fairies and, you know, sometimes have some knowledge of things that are going to happen before they happen. And if you see them, you know, you you kind of don't have a choice. It's like a self-defense thing to kind of interact with them. And sometimes they would just choose people. Like we see that a lot in some of the Scottish accounts where for whatever reason, they would reach out to a person and be like, well, I'll teach you very often herbal lore, healing lore, but you have to do something in exchange. And particularly with witches, it was this sort of idea that the witch would be have to be loyal to the queen of fairy, uh, mm. who it usually was. Sort of like when you hear about the older European accounts of witchcraft, where they talk about like witches um, selling their soul to the devil and mm-hmm. yada, 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 having a demonic familiar, all that kind of stuff. But what we see with the fairies and witches is the idea of the witch being loyal to the queen of fairies and having, it would be a fairy familiar which is a fairy who kind of acts as a go-between for the human and the queen of fairies. And there's a good book by Emma Wilby, Cunning Folk and Familiar Spirits, that talks about a lot of this in the historic sense. And this idea that, you know, for witches, there's still a degree of risk with it. It's not like it's 100% safe. You don't get like a a get out of fairy consequences free card just because you're a witch. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) But there is this sort of natural affinity, I guess we'd say, connection, so that people who practice witchcraft or who are drawn to it and are also interested in fairies, those two things go really well together. And, you know, we do see that certainly in modern times. There's several different traditions that kind of combine this. The one that I follow is a little more old school 
in how it's done. It definitely involves like contracts and agreements and fairies are big on semantics. And so it's usually really good to have the contract and the agreement and just be really clear in the expectations if you don't want to have problems. Mm -hmm. So... So you work with them and, but you do it very delicately and you focus on the wording. I mean, you're anal about the wording probably at this point, because you want to make sure it's exact. Yeah. One of the first things I always encourage people who are interested in this to do is get a journal and get used to writing everything down because it's really important One of the things, and again, this is a a super old belief that I also happen to adhere to, is the idea that when we dream, this is going to be very ironic for me with a psychology degree to say, but unlike what psychology teaches us, dreaming is not necessarily just the mind kind of talking to itself or the subconscious working things out, but it also often is a time when our spirit can kind of go places and connect to things and kind of move outside of the limitation of the physical body, which is actually how people used to understand dreams historically up until psychology kind of came along and rewrote that. I know, like I said, ironic for me to be saying this. So I I always encourage people like write down your dreams. If you have a dream where you think you've gone like visited the land of fairy and had a conversation with this being who, you know, whatever says that it's going to help you, like you need to write that down. really need to write that down. And, you know, any specific conversations, if you're doing like guided meditations or journey work or any kind of that level of of spiritual stuff, really important because that specific wording will 100% bite you in the butt. Noted. It's so interesting that you brought this up just now because one minute ago about, I wrote this note on my little sheet here that I wanted to tell you about this dream encounter I had. I wanted to ask you what, what you thought of this. I'll give you just the, the brief of what happened to me. Sure. One of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me, it was around Christmas time. I was at my parents' house. I don't know. To set the scene, there was like a fire and, and the, you know, going. It was a very, my favorite time of year. I'm a Capricorn. It's Christmas time. And I just decided to take a nap after cooking on the couch. And it was one of those moments where I was not asleep but I was in sleep paralysis and which that doesn't happen very often for me. I know a lot of my guests, they have that far more than I do and they have weird shit happen. But in this case, I'm just, I'm laying there. I know I'm laying there and I am met by a, all I can think of to call him is a centaur. It looked like sort of a centaur situation and he wasn't necessarily nice. And he wasn't necessarily mean. He was just, he just was. And he was super crisp. I mean, I could see him clearly. And so just for the listeners, in case you don't, if you're not following, like, I know I'm awake, but I can't get up because I'm in paralysis. Yeah. So he takes me to this place. He and I standing next to each other, but we're looking at me. And he's like, look, look at you. And I look over and I'm in this, it's this desert and there's this quicksand and I keep walking into the quicksand. And then there's another version of me walking into the quicksand over and over and over again, kind of like a, a conveyor belt of me continually yeah. walking into the quicksand. And he looks at me and he says, that's what you keep doing. 
the same thing over and over again. And you know that it's quicksand. That's the worst part. And then I woke up and it was a weird time thing too. I don't remember exactly what happened, but when I woke up or, you know, quote unquote, woke up, I was out of paralysis. I was like, mom, oh my God, this happened. (laughs) And it wasn't the amount of time that I thought I was gone. But do you think based off of what we've been talking about, I think I know the answer that that was probably a fairy encounter. I mean, shockingly, no, you would not expect me to say this. Um, yes, I I think you probably. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I think there's a couple things when you have particularly, and again, like the language around this is so fuzzy, but so like spirit encounters with these beings, which will happen often when you're dreaming or in that sort of pre-dream state, it tends to be extremely clear. Like the experience itself feels like you're awake and it's really happening. When you wake up afterwards, it'll often seem like a memory of something as opposed to a dream. And to the point, like I've had this happen where I honestly wasn't sure it hadn't really happened. It's, it's that clear. And I don't mean it hadn't really happened, but like hadn't happened in this waking reality kind of a thing. So there's that aspect to it, which it sounds like yours was very much like that. And that's usually a big red flag to me that it's a, a fairy thing. The way he was talking to you is actually a pretty common with the good folk. Well, like you described it, they're not nice exactly, but they're also not mean exactly. They tend to be very straightforward in a way that you're sort of not sure if they're trying to be mean or yeah, it can be a little off-putting. I'll put it that way. But they also seem to be trying to help. So... Like, it seemed like another... he was trying to help. Yeah. It, it yeah. did feel like he was kind of like, but he, he wasn't doing it in a terribly sweet way. I mean, he was just like, kind of like you dumb, dumb. Why do right. you keep doing this? Right. Like, can't you see yeah. that this is what you're doing? It definitely sounds like he was trying to warn you about something that you keep making the same mistake over and over. Obviously quicksand, very symbolic of being stuck. So and his uh-huh. his comment about you know it's quicksand that's i think it meant a lot to me it, it meant more to me because i am a very hyper aware person and yeah. i think sometimes it's more annoying because you know that you're fucking up and it's it's like oh god i know i'm doing this and i shouldn't be doing this and so it's it was that just sort of can't stop get out yourself. of that loop yeah exactly yeah it, so it does kind of sound like similar to to what you were talking about before. Yeah, no, to me that sounds very classic for what I would expect with this sort of thing. I would guess that's probably a spirit that feels like it has a connection to you or is trying to look out for you. It's funny because I think when people we talk about having fairies that are connected to us like as guides, people immediately get this very like fluffy sweet sort of new age Mm-hmm. idea that it's it's going to be sort of like an angelic presence and, and very gentle and that is just not how they work yeah my <laughs> experience they can be your allies they can be trying to help you but the way they go about it is often not in a way that we as humans are going to necessarily perceive as super helpful right these are beings that are very very old they don't have the same thought process as humans do so 
he might have thought he was being very nice and very yeah, gentle. Exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. like his best day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what has been your most profound or weird, inexplicable fairy experience if you care to share? I have so many. I've had a very strange life. The way I got into this originally is because I've always sort of seen and experienced these beings. And I kind of needed something to give that some context at a certain point in my life. And so when I was a younger teenager, I started really studying the folklore just to help me understand. And also so I didn't feel quite as alone with it because obviously the majority of people around me do not also see and experience these things. But that means that, you know, at this point, I've had quite a lot of very random strangeness go on, some of which I was looking for and some of which I just kind of walked face first into. But let me think. So I'll give you a couple stories. I'll give you some good ones and some bad ones. Ooh, good. (laughs) Speaking of sleep paralysis, I have only had that happen once. And there is a particular type of fairy being. It's called a mare or a mar. It's where we get the term nightmare from. Nightmare, originally nightmare, Amar was sort of like a hag-like spirit, a female spirit that would attack people while they were sleeping and ride them was the term they would use and cause night terrors and sleep paralysis, uh, could cause difficulty breathing. They can kill people, just not as often. Usually they do all these other things and they seem to like feed on that fear that people have in those situations. Mm -hmm. And there's traditional ways to defend against them and all this other stuff. But the time that I had had it, as we've mentioned, I have three children. My children were younger at this point. So, and my, my youngest child has never been a good sleeper. So I've always really appreciated a valued sleep. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful and rare thing. I had gone to bed this particular night and I had dozed off. And then I remember waking up very clearly because I thought I'd heard something and realizing I could not move. I, it was that sleep paralysis. Like I was aware that I was awake. I could not move at all. And I was aware of this presence being with me and trying to scare me, which I shouldn't even put it that way. In the moment, it was very frightening. It was this feeling of you're awake. You can't move. There's a very strong sense of this presence right there with you. And it, it felt very malicious. And I didn't immediately connect that it was a a mar. I just in the moment was aware something was there and I could move and it was very scary. And then I don't know why I just had this split second of like, you know what? I do not need this crap. Like I I have to get up in a little bit anyway to get my, my older kids up for school. And I've had a long day and I've got a long day tomorrow. And I just do not need this in my life. Just a super tired mom moment. (laughs) And that seemed to kind of break the energy of it because I stopped being afraid in that moment. I just got really annoyed. And then as soon as the fear kind of stopped, I got mad. And I was just like, you need to leave. This is not cool. Like I need to get some sleep and you need to get out of here. And then it was like, it was gone really quickly. So in the moment it was happening, it was really terrifying. I'm not telling this well enough to like convey that, but it was really terrifying until I had that moment of like, I just, I just don't need this in my life, basically. Yeah. You're like, I'm too busy for this shit. <laughs> I've, got, I've got enough going on. 
I do not need this. And like I said, I don't know if it was because it feeds on fear and it was, you know, pulling in that fear and I wasn't afraid in that moment. I was just like, like, I'm not, I like, I don't have enough problems right now. And now I got this. I don't need this. So that was one that happened, obviously, uh, years ago at this point, a few years ago. Another one, which is on the more positive end of things, I've told this one a few times at this point, my middle child has a lot of health issues, including scoliosis. And when she was diagnosed with scoliosis, you have to go to see the orthopedist every so many months and get x-rays and it's a whole big thing. And, you know, they basically do that to, to see how much that curve is progressing in the spine. And if it gets to a certain point, then you have to wear a back brace. And there was a couple reasons why that was going to be really, really, really problematic for her. And I knew that if we got to that point, it, it was going to just be a nightmare trying to make that happen. So we had done this multiple visits and we got to this one and the doctor was like, well, you know, she's like two or three degrees from where she would need the back brace at this point. So kind of talked to us about that and, and kind of was bracing me, no pun intended, bad choice of words, warning me <laughs> that the next time we came to visit, that was probably the direction they were going to be looking to go in based on how things had been going. So I came home and I just had this moment where I was like, you know, I don't ask for things generally from the fairies for a variety of reasons, but particularly things involving my kids, because that's usually not a place you want to go. But I was kind of like, you know, she's got all this other stuff going on and I'm, I'm not asking for everything to be fixed. I'm not asking for any of that. But this one thing, if just this one thing could not get worse, you know, if we could, if we could just stay like this, it's not great, but we can be okay here, you know? And I sort of went to my allies and my connections, whatever you want to call them with the fairies. and was like, just just please help help a girl out, basically. And so we went back three months later and her back was straight. I have the x-rays to prove it. Like I can back the story up. I have the x-rays to prove it. Her back was straight. The doctor had no explanation for it. I even asked him, I'm like, does this happen? Is, is this something? Because I don't know a lot about scoliosis. I'm like, is this something that can happen? Like it just corrects itself. And he was like, no, I've I've never seen this. And of course, then he was trying to think of like explanations mm -hmm. that would make sense because he's a doctor and he doesn't believe in any anything except medical science, which is good for him. That's his job. I support that. But, you know, he was kind of like, I, I've never seen this before. We want to keep monitoring it just in case, which is doctor speak for, I don't understand this. So we're going to take more x-rays mm -hmm. basically. But yeah, she's she's been okay since then. And that was a year, 14 months, I think. Wow. That's a good one. Well, and, yeah. and I've heard that not within the fairy context, but within people who have deep connections to fill in the blank, you know, yeah. whatever, like their spirit guides or or even, you know, Mother Mary or or things like that. I mean, yep. where there's been miraculous he healings and... Mm -hmm there's the doctors are kind of like scratching their heads and they just have yeah. absolutely no explanation for it. And people think that stuff doesn't happen, but it really, really does happen. It just, it, it does. we don't hear about it very often. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I have the x-rays because I realize when I tell the story, it sounds impossible. Yeah. yeah. But I have the x-rays, they have the dates on them. 
Like you can see it's the same person. You can see the curve in the one and then the next one. It's She still has like a, a two or 3% curve. It's not completely straight, but it's, it's close yeah, enough for me. Yeah. 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 And for her, right? Like that, did that drastically change her situation? It definitely makes her more comfortable. And, you know, she still has other medical stuff going on, but we can deal with that. You know, that wasn't was part of your contract. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this was like the straw that was about to break the camel's back, so to speak. There's so much else going on already. And then this this thing came along and then it was going in such a bad direction. And it was like, you know, just just this one thing is all I'm asking. Not asking yeah. for everything. You know, just this one thing. Yeah, it's hard with stuff like that for me then not to believe in them. And that they can do these things. I know a lot of people hear fairies and are immediately like fairies, Tinkerbell, whatever. But they they definitely can do some impressive things. Well, and yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I I want to talk to as many people as possible who have had what most would say are unordinary, inexplicable experiences so that they can hear that this actually is happening all the time. We just don't talk about it. And yep. we I would love people to talk about it more because also selfishly I want to hear it more. And I want yeah. to not only validate my own experiences because it makes you feel better that you're not, you're not crazy, but yep. also to continually remind myself that this world is more magical and mysterious than I could ever even fathom. Yep. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, the whole reason I started studying the folklore was I was having these experiences. I just, I needed the context, but I also didn't want to feel alone. I wanted to feel like there were other people somewhere out there at yeah. some point. We're here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really wish that we would normalize this more so that people would share stories and would talk about things without feeling like they're going to get judged. I think not just that people are afraid their their mental state's going to be questioned, but I think people are so worried that they're just going to be made fun of, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you believe in this? Like, sure. Yeah. Well, even my brother, he's 17 and he's in, he's going through, I don't know which phase I can't keep track, but <laughs> he thinks that everything woo is so fucking dumb. And then he went on a ghost hunt with his friends and heard a little girl's voice very crisp and clear and like we were saying earlier he was the first one running out of there like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then right afterward he had this brief moment where he was like i think i heard a ghost you know and he was like oh my god you were right and then now he's back to like oh it's fucking dope so it's it's a process my oldest kid when they started dating their boyfriend he was very much that maybe it's just a thing with like 16 17 year old boys no offense again to anyone listening to this that is a 16 or 17 year old boy but he was very skeptical he was very like oh you know fairies that's so silly you know whatever i don't believe in it and my kid tried to warn him like you just need to be careful especially you know when you're over at my house be careful what you say (laughs) and Mm -hmm. they've been dating for a few years now and he's now at the point where he's like is, is this okay? Can I put this here? Or like, is, should I not put that there? Should I give something to the fairies? Like, should I, I drop this on the floor? Is it theirs now? Like, because you just, you have enough experiences, even if they're smaller experiences, it's hard not to believe. 
it chips away at that rational skepticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do here is chip away at that rational skepticism. Well, I don't actually care too much to convince other people, but if I do in the, in yeah, the yeah. process, that's like a, a bonus, right? Cause yeah, yeah. I think it's hilarious to watch people who are so stuck in that rational, whatever we're going to keep saying the quote unquote reality thinking. And, and then it just gets like shattered by a fairy or some <laughs> weird out of body experience or something like yep. that. And yep. I love that. Well, I think it's awesome. My ex-husband, when we were first dating, and this was, uh, God, I was like 17. So he was like 19. We were at my friend's house and she told us it was haunted. It was built in like 1620, something like that. Okay. Um, and <laughs> Definitely like, haunted. <laughs> yeah. And her, her family had actually blocked off the front room of the house because no one would go in there. It was that level of haunted. Like they, <laughs> they literally blocked off an entire room. It was just like, yeah, we don't go in there. Nobody goes in there. But, you know, my ex at the time, he was like, well, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I guess I kind of believe, but whatever. And we were staying over and there was, I think there was a party and we were up all upstairs kind of hanging out, doing whatever. And he went down to use the bathroom and he comes back up and he's just like, like completely freaked out and pulls me aside. And he's like, we need to leave. And I'm like, you know, Why? He was walking up the stairs and he said he felt the ghost walk through him. Oh, no. Yeah. He's like, I got half <laughs> up the stairs. And it was like this cold wind just went right through the middle of my body. And he's like, I can't stay here. <laughs> yeah, <have> to leave. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes all it takes is that one experience. And yeah, it stays with you. It, it yeah. changes your perspective. Did you have another experience you wanted to share because you, you were in that flow and then I kind of interrupted it. I think. Oh, that's okay. I, like I said, I have so many experiences. My life is completely ridiculous, which is fair. Um, I like it. I think it's great. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. <laughs> so I'll give another one. Um, and I feel like now I'm, I'm like talking too much about my ex-husband, but this was actually a really good story. So we have a fairy tree in our yard and fairy trees, this is something you see in like Irish folklore and in, in some other places. It's a tree that basically the, the fairies sort of claim as their own. It's usually a, a hawthorn, which is what this one is. And they use it to sort of come and go. You think of it more like a doorway than a house. But either way, there's a whole other long story about how I ended up with a fairy tree in my yard, which is mostly me being not the smartest person ever. But <laughs> I, I kind of established with everyone, like, you need to be careful around this tree. Because if you damage it or anything bad happens to it, like bad things tend to happen. Like roads have been rerouted in Ireland not to mess with fairy trees. And everyone understands this. My kids are good with this. Well, my ex was out doing lawn work one day and accidentally hit it with a weed whacker and took a chunk of bark off. And he came right in and he was like, you know, this is what happened. What should I do? And I was like, well, make a little offering. Tell them you're sorry. It'll probably be fine. Cause you, you only kind of sort of damage it a little bit and, you know, just tell tell them you're sorry and give them a gift. Basically it'll be okay. And he's like, well, I want to finish the yard work first. And he went back to mowing and then I started to get nervous. So I went out and made a little offering and kind of like apologized for him. And he saw me do that, unfortunately for me. And then when he came in, he had cut himself and he was bleeding. And I sort of assumed 
from that, that that was them kind of getting back for the tray. And he assumed, cause he'd seen me put the stuff out that everything was okay with that. So when I asked him, like, is everything all set? He was like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Well, a couple of days later, my son was an infant at the time. I was up with the baby and I hear this horrific crash, horrific. So I take the baby and I go running outside his car parked in the driveway, a 20 foot branch had come off a tree and impaled his car. What? Like straight up vampire style through the rear window, through the rear seat, through the trunk, like impaled it, totaled the car. It was just this, this whole big thing. And that I'm firmly convinced to this day, that was definitely the fairies being like, you messed with our tree. And cause he didn't apologize and he didn't put an offering out. He assumed I had done it. It was okay. And they clearly, it was not okay. So, I mean, at least he wasn't in the car at the time. Seriously. They were like, it could have been worse, bitches. Yeah. And let me tell you, I've lived in this house since 1988 and never has anything like that happened ever. It was so bizarre. It was like a gigantic spear just through his car. Yeah. And I mean, it is bizarre because that's just an unusual way for a branch to fall on a car. That's like, really, you'd have to have such a really intense force to get through all of those pieces of the car. The angle, everything. No, was it was it an the oak. Hawthorne tree? Oh, it was an oak it tree. It was an okay. oak tree that was next to our driveway. But yeah, it was just the weirdest, weirdest thing. Nothing like it's happened before or since. And this would have been about eight years ago now. Wow. It's just very strange, but you don't mess with their trees. Like that was a good one. Noted. The last thing I wanted to ask you is lessons. What are the lessons you've learned from the fairies other than don't fuck with their Hawthorne tree? <laughs> like the, the, the most profound lessons that you've learned. And what do you think in general they have to teach us if we listen? Oh, deep questions. I think the most profound thing I've personally learned is to trust, which is a difficult thing for me. But there's been instances where, you know, I I question things and usually whatever I'm being told or whatever messages I'm getting are what I, I should be listening to and doing. And it's, I only get myself into trouble when I second guess that or don't listen to it. And I think trust in general is just so much harder then we give it credit for being. So I definitely think that the most profound lesson for me is, is that it's just to trust in what they want done and, and what they're telling me. Yeah. I could get very philosophical about it, but I think that it kind of summarizes it. Okay. And what was the second part of the question? I was asking what you think overall their message right. would be for us if, if we listen. And maybe it's also trust. I definitely think that's part of it. I I find that a lot of the stuff that they relay to people, that they talk to people about, you know, myself and others, oftentimes on the practical end has to do with things like healing, ways to approach healing, um, and not just like on a spiritual level or emotional or psychological level. Like they can give some really interesting and profound, like physical advice. Like I understand why that Welsh family said they learned all they knew from fairies because Hmm. they can, they can definitely teach you very practical sorts of things. I think if we listen to what they're teaching us and, and really pay attention to it, we can learn a lot 
And of course, for people who are more magically inclined, who are on the, the sort of witchcraft end of the spectrum, there's definitely a lot with that that they're willing to teach people. Yeah, trust is definitely going to be sort of the linchpin to all right. of that. And just the fact you have to trust when you're getting a message, whether it's in a dream or or what have you, that you have to trust that it's genuine. You have to trust what you're being told. You know, there's all that those layers to it. But I'll give you one more quick story as we're wrapping up that kind of illustrates all of this. So yes. I cannot cook very well. Anyone who knows me will tell you this, including my children. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can cook. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a a functional cook. I can cook food that is edible that won't kill you. So we are not kitchen witches. (laughs) (laughs) But I had had a dream one night and a dream now in quotations where uh, one particular ally that I have sort of with the fairies had come to me and had shown me how to, to cook something or bake something. I'm unclear on what the difference is between baking and cooking, which really illustrates my skill level with this. But all the ingredients, it's literally like an egg and honey and flour. And I'm like, okay. So I woke up, I'm like, well, this can't really be a thing though. But it felt like really clear. And she had shown me like step-by-step step how to prepare it, how to cook it, the whole deal. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. <laughs> like, Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, this could be horrifically wrong because it's got a <laughs> lot of honey in it. And I don't know if you bake that, like what's going to happen, but it actually makes like really delicious food. I use it when I do offerings now. I make it and, and then offer it. But yeah, it, it was a, an actual functional recipe for something. You can either bake it or you can cook them like pancakes either way. And it, it's, it's really edible and it's nothing I could ever, not even in my subconscious, could I have come up with that on my own. And I, it's nothing I've ever read about. I didn't know you could make food with like three ingredients. <laughs> What, what do you call them? Have you named them since this dream? I call them fairy cakes. If you look that up, there's something else that's also called fairy cakes, like little cupcakes or something. But yeah, I just called them fairy cakes because you you cook them in little ramekins and they, they cook up. I guess it almost does look sort of a little bit like a cupcake, but without the puffy top. And they're very sweet. They're They're actually really good. And they're very easy to make because they only have a few ingredients and then you you cook them and they're good. I, you cook them and they are good. I, I, I was shocked. I, I have to. I'm trying to convey though the shock that I felt when I actually made them and it was food. I was like, this is interesting. I love that. Can you share it with me sometime? I'd love to know yeah. how to make this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll message it to you. Yeah, I think I put would- it up on my blog at some at one point. Yeah. Send me that link. I would love to try. And then, you know, maybe I'll make a, a TikTok or something of me making Daimler, Morgan yep. Daimler's fairy cakes here. They actually taste good. <laughs> they, they came do. to her in a dream. Well, dream in quotes. Yeah. And uh, see, that's, that's where that trust comes in and that they'll teach you things comes in. And yeah, this is yeah. the whole thing. And and some people might be like, oh, who fucking cares if they taught you how to make a cake? Like, that's not very helpful. But it does the fact that it was a cake that you that is edible that you actually enjoy eating reinforces that trust it's like yep. look even though this isn't the most amazing miraculous piece of information it works uh, and exactly that's it's a tangible way to show that you can trust what they're saying yeah this is actual food that we've shown you how to make <laughs> and 
you know, so now when we tell you these other things, you can believe that that's just as legitimate. So you have how many books on this topic? Do you know? Oh, Lord, on fairies specifically, uh, I want to say, I think I have six or seven. Okay. That are fairy specific. I have three on fairy witchcraft in particular. I have one on the fairy queens. I have one, I have the new fairies dictionary. I have the fairies book that you were listening to on Audible. And I have one coming out in July, Pagan Portals Aishi, which is specifically on Irish fairies. Ooh, cool. Okay. So July of 2022. Yep. I, I think something I wanted to focus on was if you're wanting to communicate with them or you think you've had an experience, some more information about what might be a fairy experience, which you really cover in the beginning of the book. That's the other thing yeah. too. You could just listen to the beginning of the book, which is amazing. So there's that. And if I, you're I did car not key, pay for this ad space. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. If you and your car keys and your jewelry. Ugh. I mean, I just interviewed a dude and he was like, oh, I had this like kick-ass. Now I can't remember what it was, but it was like a ring or something. And he left it on his table and he knew it was there. He looked right at it. He was on the phone, came back and it was gone. There was nobody in the house. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even in that moment think, oh, that's fairies. But now after I've listened to your book, yeah, I'm like, that's definitely. Yeah. So this is a learning process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being on this time. It it was amazing. I feel like I want to... Yeah, I want to hear all of your fairy stories, but I feel like we don't have enough time for all of them. I was going to say, we could, we could fill up a good couple hours just with <laughs> me talking about the assorted nonsense I've gotten into. Yeah, and I'd love to talk to you about, I had an experience with blue orbs as well. So, and we'll, we'll but we'll get into it next time, all of that stuff. Definitely. Thanks again. Happy holidays. Awesome. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Yes, you too. And do you do Yule? Are you doing a Yule yep. ritual? Yeah, what are, what are you Yule doing? Log. Yeah, we have a Yule log. It's uh, a friend of mine made it. We don't, it's not, we don't burn the Yule log in the fireplace, but we have a Yule log with candles in it. So we light the candles. And I do not stay up all night to watch the sunrise because, as we've established, I appreciate yeah. sleep. So exactly. yeah. I will be up before the sun comes up. So <laughs> I will get to see it happen, but I'm not staying up all night for it. Heard. All right. Well, happy all those things. And I'll talk to you in 2022. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Now, you know, I would not leave you hanging without that fairy cakes recipe that came to Morgan in her dream. The blog post that has the recipe in it will be in the show notes for this episode. So if you end up making some fairy cakes, Morgan Daimler style, let me know how it goes. I'm going to make some too at some point. And when I do, I'll post it on social media and let you know how they taste. I have to say it again, just because I'm so very curious about fae experiences or fairy experiences please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com if you've had an experience that sounds similar to what Morgan and I talk about in this episode. Or if there's something else that happened to you that's not similar, but maybe there was a huge time discrepancy or maybe something 
was stolen from you or maybe you saw some lights or I don't know, anything that feels Faye-like, please tell me about it. I'd love to hear your story. If you're looking for a Fairy 101 course, essentially, I highly recommend you listen to Morgan's book, Fairies, A Guide to the Celtic Fair Folk on Audible. And it's so, so good. You might want to get the print version too. If you're anything like me, you're going to want to take a lot of notes and underline and highlight. So there's that. Along with the fairy cake recipe, I'll include Morgan's social media and also a link to the course that she teaches on beliefs, mythology, and folklore of real fairies, and it's at the Irish Pagan School. So that'll all be in the show notes. There's lots of goodies this week in there. I hope you all are doing all right, that 2022 is better than 2021 for you, better than 2020. I have a good feeling about this year. It's not a great feeling. It's just good that maybe we might turn a little bit of a leaf and step into our power a bit more. I'm hoping that's my intention. Also, I planted some seeds with you weeks ago. At this point, it might be months ago about how there's some really interesting projects on the horizon. And I think I'm going to do a solo episode after next week's episode. And in that episode, I will explain some of what's going on. And I recently did an SD session that was pretty interesting. It was a really short one. So I'm going to share that with you guys. Maybe I'll just put that on Patreon because it's pretty short and it's a video. I haven't been really involved on social media, I know, and it's because there's so much stuff happening in the background. And soon it will be in the foreground and you will know much more about it. So to be continued, dot, dot, dot. All right. I love you. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the Order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a Woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 